Welcome to the Coastline Podcast. We exist as a church to help connect you to God and the people around you, to help you grow in your faith, and to challenge you to go into your community sharing the love of Christ. Three things, connect, grow, go. If you'd like information on what is going on at Coastline, follow us on Instagram and Facebook or email us at hello at coastlinensb.com. I have been having a good week so far. Everybody excited for a long weekend? Oh, definitely ready for a long weekend. I talked to a guy, uh, had lunch with him on Friday. I said, hey, man, what are you doing? He said, dude, I took Friday off. I need an extra, extra long weekend, right? Um, excited for this weekend. The weather looks beautiful. Hope you guys spend some time at the beach or maybe out on a boat somewhere or taking a nap in a bed. You do any of those three things and that'll be a good good Labor Day weekend for sure. Um, I do want to take a quick second and welcome all the people who are tuning in uh, online. Uh, we got a, a great group of bunch of people uh, that call the online church their campus. And so they're watching from Canada, they're watching from Costa Rica, they're watching from uh, California, all over the United States, and so uh, thanks for tuning in and watching. Go ahead and uh, connect online real quick. If you're watching online, maybe type in the comment section where you're watching from, uh, and uh, maybe give us a little weather report. I don't know what Canada looks like in summertime, but I'm sure it's I'm sure it's beautiful. Um, the uh, weather here is muggy with a slight chance of no seams, so we like that. Welcome to Florida. I hope you guys have a good week and getting ready for a good weekend. Today, we're in part three of a series we started just a few weeks ago called Church 101. And uh, man, this has started out as, you know, I said, hey, we're going to do like a four-week series, a three-week series, and then it just keeps adding on more because I keep feeling like the Holy Spirit's telling me more and more about what the church should be. And uh, I'm reminded that no matter if today's your first day in church or today marks your 10th year in church, uh, or you've been in church for a lot longer than that. I'm reminded that sometimes, as we continue down a path in this adventure of life that God's called us to, it's easy, if we're not careful, to get off track just a little bit. And so for us as a church, as a part of the church, um, the body of Christ, I want to make sure that, that, that we come to the foundational things, the elements that make the church what the church is, that we look and see what Jesus says about the church and how his disciples started the church, and, and, and that we will never get to a point where we come off track of that. And so for this week and the next couple weeks, we're going through and just looking at key different elements. Uh, the first week, I got up here and I talked about how uh, the church is for everyone. Uh, we believe that Jesus died for everyone. It doesn't matter uh, what your pol- political preference is. Uh, it doesn't matter the color of your skin or where you came from. Uh, church should be open for anyone to come find Jesus. And so that's what I want out of Coastline Church. It's a place where anyone can come. Second thing we learned last week, uh, specifically, was talking about the importance of serving. We have a Savior in Jesus Christ who came to this earth and he said, I've not come to be served but to serve. And we're we're followers of Christ. That means that we should serve him. We should serve him by serving one another. And so when I preach that, and when I think about it, I'm super thankful for all the crew that helped make Coastline Church happen. I'm thankful for uh, the organizations like Bridging the Gap and and Frog Ministries here in town and even Open Doors Counseling Network uh, organizations that help out our community by serving them. 
I think it's important for us as followers of Christ to serve. Today specifically, though, I want to take the next step and talk about, I feel like one of the elemental things, one of the things that we should know, the foundational items when it comes to being the church is that we should have a heart, specifically individually, of devotion, of being devoted. In the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 42, it talks a little bit, it starts to give a little bit of a description of what the early church looked like right after Jesus came. It says this in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. We've been reading this scripture for the past uh, two weeks now. This is the third week I've read the same scripture, and each week uh, I'm, I'm seeing something a little bit different. Specifically this week, I'm focused in on this part where it says all the believers devoted themselves they devoted themselves. Devoted is not a, a, a word that we use uh, commonly in everyday language nowadays. It's something that's kind of escaped our vocabulary. It's something that we definitely see when we talk about uh, maybe, maybe marriage, we talk about church, we talk about relationship with Jesus. But I was thinking through this past week, what are some things that we are devoted to? What are some things that as humans, as individuals, as families, the things that we are absolutely devoted to? And I came up with a bunch of words. They all start with the letter F. And so I'm going to call them the F words for today. And we don't have a bad one, so it'll be all right. But here's some things that you might, and maybe you add to this list. Maybe you wouldn't add to this list. If you're watching online, maybe comment some of the things that, that you get excited that you're devoted to. One of them was uh, family. Anyone here devoted to their family? Yep, probably right. We love our kids, even though sometimes we, they drive us up a wall, literally up a wall. Uh, but we love them, right? We love our spouses. Uh, we love uh, our parents. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those things that there's, it's easy to find uh, the heart of devotion for your family. What about finances? Anyone here devoted? You, you go to a job each and every, every, every day, right? You got to get finances to be able to support your family, right? We, we pay attention to what our bank account says, right? When, if you want to see if, if you're devoted to finances or not, watch that number go into the red on the bank account and see if it doesn't check your, change your heart a little bit, right? We've all felt that up and down of that. Um, some people are devoted to, uh, to hobbies, right? We've got, what about fishing? Anybody here like fishing? A couple people like fishing, yep. Saw a young man in the back. He's like, yep, right here, I'm here. Surfing, we got any surfers? I know Chip Clark, you're one of those, you love the surf. Uh, I, I'm not really built for surfing. Maybe body surfing. Yeah, I got a body for that. I don't think they do a lot of competitions for that, though. Um, what about fitness? Anybody here devoted to fitness? A lot of people like fitness, yep, for sure. Um, the last thing I came up with, and I think this is the part that we should all land on, this is the part that we, we need to strive for. This is the part that, that even I, as a pastor, every day, have to wake up and make a decision to pursue. And that is specifically being devoted to the Father. Every day waking up and saying, God, I give you this day. Today I'm going to pursue you. Show me what I should do. Help me live life the way that you would want me to live it. I think that when it comes to the church, many times we get to the point where we forget that we're supposed to be devoted not just on Sunday, but on Monday, Tuesday, and every day in between 
we're supposed to be devoted to the Father. I think it's an elemental part of what it calls to be a church. It's a leveling of priorities to say, I'm going to put him first no matter what. As we read on in the book of Acts, as it continues to talk and describe what the early church looked like, it says this in verse 43 of chapter 2. It says, a deep sense of awe came over all of them. The apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place. They shared in everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worship. I'm going to stop real quick. I'm going to unpack two things real quick right here. This is, not, this is extra, not in my sermon. It says that they, they met together and worshiped in the same place. I, I think the reason why they specifically describe that, this coming together at times, is to communicate very clearly that church is more than just what happens inside of a building on a Sunday morning. Today, we're going to hang out for 72 minutes, probably 27 of those minutes. We're going to talk about the Bible through a message. But being a part of the church is a lot more than just the inside of those 72 minutes. What do we do to be the church outside of that? The second thing that, and this is just part I kind of want to brag a little bit, uh, says they sold property possessions and they shared in money with all those that were in need. Um... Some of you guys know we started a um, sunrise service a few months back, and um, it doesn't really cost the church, our church, anything to do it. Um, you know, there was a little bit of an initial startup cost. It was no big deal. It just requires me and a couple other people to wake up before the sun's up and go do church. And so when we started talking about uh, worshiping through your generosity, uh, I'd give everyone a challenge. We did talk to a, one of our local organizations that helps feed the homeless here in town, and they said for feeding something like 30 or 40 people, providing them a, a meal on a Sunday after church, providing them a, a bus pass to go get things done during the week, and providing them a laundry voucher for 30 or 40 guys that don't have a home, they can do it for something like 200 to 250 bucks. And so I put it before the Sunrise Service. I said, hey, uh, you know, when it comes to this, this is a great way for us to, to worship through our generosity, help out those that are in need in our community. And my hope is that, that maybe over the course of four weeks, maybe the course of a month, we can help provide for one week of these guys getting fed, getting clothed, and getting, uh, getting some transportation around town. And uh, we've done that for a couple weeks now. I'm uh, really excited to celebrate and report uh, that today, uh, we found out that we've exceeded that by double for one month, which is great. So we've been able to help support it, or we will be able to help them support them this next week or this next month for two weeks out of the month, which is really great. It's just a, it's just a part of being the church, of understanding that there's something bigger than just ourselves. So continuing on, it says, They worshiped together in the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper. They shared the meal with great joy and generosity, all while praising God, enjoying the goodwill of the people. And each day that stretches out before, uh, they added to their fellowship those that were being saved. I want to pray for us real quick as we continue into the word, specifically talking about devotion. Heavenly Father, God, I know that when it comes to this manual, this this these laws that you've given us, these directions you've given us how to live life. One of the things at the very top is don't have any other gods before you. And God, this is something that there's times where I've put things above you. 
And today I ask for forgiveness. Today I pray that as we read these words that you would, that you would help adjust me, that you would help adjust us. God, that we wouldn't follow the, the pattern of the world that looks inward and sees that, that we are the focus, but we would look outward and allow you to use us in a huge way to help those that are in need, to be the church. And so today, God, I pray that as we read this message that we would not feel shame, but we would feel freedom to live out and do what you've called us to do as a church. I thank you so much for what's to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Today, specifically, uh, I want to talk about one of the elements of our church, one of the key core values that we talked about since the very beginning when we started at Coastline. We said when it comes to being a church, we want to build our church on three things. The first one is, the first core value is connect. I think it's important that if, if we're going to be the church, that part of every Sunday morning that we meet, part of every small group that meets, part of every worship event that we have, there should be a time in which we connect with God. There's also a time in that where we should connect with one another. And so this morning, we've already done this. We've opened the service with worship. We've connected our hearts to him. We spent time connecting with one another. After service, we're going to spend some time hanging out in the breezeway. I think that's an important part of church. The second thing I talked about a little bit last week was importance of growth. Not specifically to numbers in a church, but to us individually and spiritually. I think it's important for us as Christians to pursue Christ and to grow. To not get to a point where we've like, become comfortable and said, this is it, but we continue to allow him to, to expand us and use us and strengthen us. Specifically, last week I talked about this in serving. When we serve, I think it strengthens our faith. And today, specifically, I want to talk about the next one, the last one, the importance. We've got connect, we've got grow, and I think one of the most important ones, if not the most important, is go. This idea of putting our faith into action. When it comes to being a Christian, when it comes to being the church, it's not about what we know and what we believe. It's not about the knowledge as much as it is about the action. It's about what we do with what he's given us. I think specifically when it comes to devotion, this is the part that, that challenges that, the part, the part that pushes that to say, hey, put your faith in to action. And we get this key element specifically from Jesus at the end of his ministry before he goes back to heaven. He stops his disciples. He stops his disciples and he tells them this. In Matthew 28, verse 18 and 20, he says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples. He says, don't stay here don't get comfortable. It's, this is not over. Now that I'm leaving you, it's not one of these things where it's like, okay, you, you, got, you got to the finish line. You're here. He says, no. He's, he tells them, he's like, I want you to go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and to be sure of this. I'm with you always, even to the ends of the age. That word disciple, we don't, we don't have disciples anymore. We, we, don't, we don't speak about disciples. We don't use it. I don't, we don't have this thing where we don't have a, 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 a team of disciples here at, at, at Coastline. The best thing for this is, is uh, the modern term today would be intern. Somebody that comes in, comes along, and gets taught along the way while doing life with people. 
I think when it comes to, to church, I think that myself, I think you, I think us, I think if we're saying we're going to follow Jesus, I think we've become a disciple. And the part on this that is impactful, it says, it says uh, teach these new disciples. It doesn't say to know a lot or to get a lot of wisdom or understand the word a lot. It says to obey the commands. It means to go and do. Heard a great illustration uh, a few years back from uh, a pastor that's a whole lot smarter than me. But he said, man, I, I, I had this experience with my daughter, or maybe imagined it. He says, what about if I went to my daughter, and I can picture this even with my own self, Olivia. If I went to Olivia and I said, Olivia, I want you to go clean your room. And if Olivia goes into her room, she comes back a little bit while longer and says, Dad, I spent some time quietly reflecting. I don't know if my daughter would ever do this. I also don't know if she's ever been quiet or reflected. But I, came, I went in my room, I, I quietly reflected about what it would look like if I cleaned my room. Or if she came and said, Dad, you know what? I went in and I wrote down in my journal, this is how I would go about cleaning my room. Or if she went and she said, Dad, I studied how to clean my room, and I know how to clean my room in Hebrew. At, at all those points, I would go back and say, that's great. Why don't you just go clean your room? Right? That's what we do as parents. Go, just go clean your, just go do it. That's what I want you to do. I think sometimes maybe that's what God's wanting us to do. When it comes to devotion, it, it, yeah, I think it's important for us to study the word. I think it's important for us to get together with our friends and, and understand it more and challenge each other and sharpen each other. But more than that, I think it's of utmost important, importance for us to put it into action, to go and to do, to let him direct our path the way that he wants to. Put our faith in action. Luke chapter 11, verse 28, talks about the importance of this. It says uh, that Jesus said, but even more blessed are all who hear the word of God and put it into practice. You're blessed not, not just hearing it, but if you hear it and you put it into practice. That means action. That means do. That's what devotion is. Today, if there was a if there was a tweetable phrase, if there was one point, if there was something that you got and you remembered after today, if you were to post it on, I don't, they don't even call it Twitter anymore, do they? Put, if there was an X statement, isn't that what's called X now? I don't know. I'm not smart enough for all that stuff. But if there was an X statement that you were to get today, it would be this. Devotion is a direction, not a destination. Your devotion to Christ is you choosing a, a direction and following that direction, chasing him, pursuing him, it's not a moment where you get to and you've arrived. Devotion is a direction, not a destination. I, see this, I, I feel like we see this clearly through a man in the Bible that we're going to read about. His name was Matthew. Now, Matthew, you probably heard before because in the New Testament, he writes the very first book of the Bible also titled Matthew. It says this in Matthew chapter 9, verse 9. This is how Matthew found Jesus. It says, as Jesus, was, as Jesus was walking along, 
he saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. I want you to hold that on that for a second. He says, he saw a man named Matthew, and Matthew was sitting at his tax collector's booth. Jesus said, follow me and be my disciple. Jesus said, said this to him, and so Matthew got up and followed him. Now, here's the things that you got to understand about this. One is uh, Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth means that Matthew was a tax collector. Now, I'm, I'm going to be real honest for a second. Uh, like, I got nothing to hide at all. But we live in a moment where you know, what was it? it was reported a couple months ago that there was a huge budget set aside for the IRS to hire something like 80,000 workers. And whether that's good policy or not, I'm not here to say that. I'll talk about the Bible. I'm not talking about politics. But as a citizen, I got a little nervous. Now, I got nothing. I'm not stealing from the government. I'm, I'm doing the thing I'm supposed to do. Bible says pay Caesar what Caesar's. I'm going to keep doing that. But, like, none of us today want to go home and see a letter from the IRS, right? You don't want that. Unless there's a check in it, then I'd like to see that. That'd be nice. None of us want to go and see Mr. Smith with the IRS shirt on standing at our front door when we get home from church, right? No, that's not, that's not the guy we want to be friends with. Similarly, in these days and age, in, this, in the Bible times where Jesus is meeting Matthew, Matthew would have had that same effect on people, but even worse. See, during those times, the Roman Empire was over the land and over the people uh, of Israel, and, and they came in and they paid taxes to Rome. They didn't pay taxes to themselves. It wasn't like, hey, we're going to make the roads better and we're going to do this. No, you've got to pay taxes to the people that are in charge. Matthew, as a Jewish, as, as, as a Hebrew, he would have been of the people, collecting taxes from his people and giving it to the people that were an oppression of them. Now, not only would that have been tough because at that point you're working for the man, the way that Matthew would have been successful is because he would have overcharged his own people taxes. He would pocketed the rest and only given the Roman Empire what was required. And so literally, he's at the point where he is betraying his own people for his own help, for what he wants. Today's day and age, we would look very down on a guy like this. The same thing happened then. When the Bible talks about sinners, specifically in the Bible, it says sinners and tax collectors. Because even in, in the, 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 the religion, the Old Testament religion, it was one of those things where sinners were bad, but tax collectors were worse. And here Jesus comes. He finds a man that is of the lowest of the lows in Matthew. And he tells him a phrase. He says, come follow me. Now, this phrase, come follow me, would have been a huge honor because as Jesus is a rabbi, as Jesus is notorious for, for doing miracles and, and doing wild, wild things that no one had ever heard of before, specifically, he tells Matthew, the tax collector, he says, come and follow me. I want to change your direction. I want to change what you're doing. I want to take you down a different path. It says that Matthew followed him 
and he became one of Jesus' disciples. He became fully devoted to Jesus. We read on in that same chapter, chapter uh, 9, verse 10 through 11. It says, uh, it says, later Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to home as dinner guests. This would have been a great honor. But he didn't just invite Jesus. He also invited many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked the disciples, why does your teacher eat with such scum? I think Jesus is communicating clearly to the disciples that are around him. He's communicating clearly to Matthew that when it comes to being a follower of Christ, it means you love everyone. And he, re- he responds to it with this. He says, in Matthew chapter 9, verse 12, he says, when Jesus heard this, he said, Healthy people don't need a doctor, but sick people do. And then he continued on. He said, now go learn this scripture, the meaning of the scripture. He says, I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. For I've come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. He has this incredible statement of humility as he extends love. And he tells, he tells Matthew, come follow me. Let's do life together. And for the next however many years, Matthew followed him, saw him do miracles, saw him pray for people, heard what he preached, and took it in so much that he would then turn around and write a book specifically to the people that he had taken money from, that he had stolen from, that he had betrayed. The people that he was a traitor to, he wrote the book of Matthew to, specifically teaching them and telling them about the importance of Jesus. Saying, if you'll, if you'll choose this direction to follow him, if you'll choose him, he will turn you and adjust you to the point where your life is 100% better than what it is without I cannot tell you and express the impact that it would have been that someone as low as Matthew would then go on to write something as impactful to the Hebrew people as the book of Matthew. It's a testament to what God can do through someone even if they don't think they can do it. It's a testament to what God can do through you if you'll let him. I'm reminded of this though. This morning I woke up and I have the choice of what direction I'll go. This morning, I'm, I'm afraid that some people come into church and they think, well, I'm going to church and, and I call myself a Christian and I have a Bible at home or I have a Bible on my phone. And so they, they think that I've reached the destination, I'm in. I've got, uh, back in the old school church days, they called it fireproof insurance, right? I'm in. I've made it. I've made the cut. I've arrived. I've reached the destination. I'm telling you, to be a fully devoted follower of Christ, it's not about a destination. Devotion isn't about a destination. It's about a direction. It's about waking up each and every day and saying, Jesus, my direction is you. 
I'm going to follow you. So in my actions, how I treat people, when they're in Publix and they pull out a booklet of coupons and they're in the express lane, I'm going to choose to act like you. I'm preaching this as in I hope I would respond this way. When I'm on the highway in the left-hand lane, which is primarily used for passing, but people don't understand that, so they get in the left-hand lane and they go slow, and it tests your salvation, I'm reminded it's an opportunity for me to choose. Today I'm choosing the direction to follow Jesus. When you're at the boat ramp and people are being idiots, respectfully, choose the direction of following Jesus. When you wake up each morning, you have an opportunity to look at Instagram or Facebook. Or you can slide over and look at the Bible app and read your daily scripture reading. To spend time pursuing the direction of Jesus. That's what devotion is. That's what, that's what God wants for us. Us to be fully devoted, directional followers of his son Jesus. And that's what I want to challenge you with here today. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 says this. It says, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of what he has done to you, done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. They're saying this, he's saying, humble yourself. Pursue the direction of Jesus. Do what he tells you. Put your faith into action. Help those that are in need. Encourage those that need to be encouraged. He says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. Today, as a church, I think we need to understand that daily we have an opportunity to choose to be devoted, fully devoted followers of Christ. And it starts off by saying, I'm going to choose my direction, which is towards him. And so I want to challenge you to do that today. I want to challenge you to do it on Monday and every day that's outside of what we would have church at. To be the church out there as much as you are the church here. Because being the church isn't about a destination. Being a fully devoted follower of Christ isn't about getting there or identifying as It's about what you do. And Jesus said for us to go, to put our faith into action. So that's what I want to challenge you with here today. If you've found yourself here this morning and uh, maybe someone invited you to church, maybe they promised you um, lunch afterwards. I always love it when people, uh, and that happened to me a couple times too, where people are like, come to church, I'll buy you lunch afterwards. Make sure you get something good, okay? Don't do like the, I'm going to get a salad and water. Don't do that, okay? Get a steak after church. It'll be delicious. But if you're here today, and you, you would say, Brian, I don't know if I'm a fully devoted follower of Christ. I'm, I'm still just trying to figure this out. I want to challenge you to take a step towards him, to choose the direction. 
If you've never entered into a relationship with him, I think today is, is not by accident, but it's by design. That now you have an opportunity that will change your life forever. And as Matthew sat in his tax collector's booth, as he had the wealth and he was probably looked successful, he understood that when he met Jesus, his life was going to change forever if he chose to follow him. I think the same thing is in store for you. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around, this is between you and God. If you've never entered into a relationship with Jesus, if you've never said a prayer of salvation, I want you to maybe repeat this to yourself after me. Maybe it's one of these things that, that, you, that you repeat and with the heart that you say it in, it gives an initial step, gives an initial opportunity to take the step in the direction of him. Prayer goes like this. Jesus Christ, I know that I'm a sinner and I need you as a savior. I believe that you died on the cross and rose again from the grave and you did it to pay the price for my sin and my shame. This morning, I receive you as my Savior. I declare that you are Lord of my life. Come in, take over, have your way. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you pray that prayer today, I want to tell you that's a, that's a big deal. It's a great thing. Don't keep it to yourself. Tell someone about it. You don't have to go through life alone. We're all in this together. None of us have it right. None of us are perfect. We're all just choosing the direction to follow him. If you're a follower of Christ and you heard this message today, I want to challenge you to put your faith into action, to love those around you, to understand that church is a lot more about what happens out of here than it is in here. And so with that, I want to pray for you as we enter in to what God's called us to as we go into all the world here this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for today. I pray that this message will be uh, not a message of, of, of hurt or shame or feeling down, but it will be a message of encouragement, that you would show us opportunities this week, tomorrow, even today, to share your love with the people around us, that we would put our faith into action, that we would not wear Christianity as a badge or identification or a destination, but we would understand that it's a direction and that it takes action. I thank you for those opportunities that you're going to show us today and this week. God, I pray that as we continue to choose you in these areas, I pray that people would see you through our love for one another. I thank you so much for what's to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. As always, Coastline, know that you are loved and that the best is yet to come.